Welcome to Cotton Specialist Corner. My name is Seth Bird, and we've got a little bit of a different episode today. We're going to just do some updates from our friends in the Mid-South. So we're joined today by another good group of cotton specialists, great group of cotton specialists. I think I've always said great. This group's no less great than the rest of them. And we'll go around and do some introductions. We'll start with our first repeat guest, Bill Robertson. Hey, thanks, Seth and Tyson, too. It's good to be here. You talk about great. I don't know that I'm so great, but I may be the biggest one. <laughs> but I'm the extension cotton specialist with the University of Arkansas System Division of Ag. Thanks, Bill. Glad you could join with us today again. Brian? Glad to be here. Brian Pierlisi, extension cotton specialist, Mississippi State. We'll end with our newest member, Matt, Louisiana. Yeah, thanks, Seth. I'm glad to be here as well. I started as an extension cotton specialist in Louisiana in January. So it's my first growing season, and it's been an interesting one so far. Yeah, thanks, man. I bet so. That really is kind of the whole reason we want to have this sort of special update is it has been a unique season, I think, for the Mid-South, at least up to this point. So really, I guess our first question, and it's really more of a discussion, is Things y'all have dealt with up to this point, you know, what's going good, what's going bad, what are the big things that, you know, up to this part of the planting season and maybe even, you know, fields that were earlier planted and are into some of our early growth stages. What have y'all dealt with? We'll start back with Matt and work our way back across. You know, Seth, a lot of this earlier planted cotton, Louisiana, we've experienced some weird weather, a lot of rain, a lot of wet weather and some cooler temperatures. You know, we had some nights where we were dipping down in 45 to 50 degree range and a lot of these earlier planted fields had to be replanted you know you experience a lot of dampening off fields that did emerge you know seed treatments were you know less effective due to all the rain and everything and a lot of guys had to make foliar applications for thrips you know as that plant is just sitting there it's not growing off in these cooler temperatures i'd say about now a lot of cotton went in the ground this past week as well as this week but a lot of the state experienced some rain today I'd say we're pushing that 70% mark as far as planting completion. A lot of guys, they're switching to soybean acres. I've lost several of my on-farm variety trials from guys wanting to swap to soybean acres because, you know, they're afraid of planting cotton, you know, into June as the insurance state cutoffs are, you know, pretty close. But it's just been a struggle. You know, growers can get about two days in the field, then it rains, you know, get monsoons. It's just been a struggle for cotton farmers throughout the state. Yeah, Matt, before we move on, just curious, you know, you mentioned thrip sprays being made. Do you think those were made earlier in the season than maybe normal if you had better conditions? Did you see those go say, out a little earlier? I would say so. They went out a tad earlier. You know, those plants were just sitting there, just, you know, not growing off as well. And you know as well as I do, you know, the way the cotton plant can overcome thrips is, you know, just outgrow it. And it's really putting a hamper in some of my own farm research. We was able to get a nematode study planted yesterday, and as soon as we, you know, got out of the field, it poured down rain. Yeah, I think everybody might be sand fighting or scratching or doing something to cotton here lately. That rain's been kind of a pain after you plant. It's typical. Been seeing a lot of herbicide 
a lot of Cotteran injury, which I guess is typical with these cooler conditions. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That's another thing to think about. So moving over to Brian, how about your story over there so far? It's probably pretty similar to Matt's. I think we've lost some cotton acres to soybean for, you know, you have commodity prices as well as later planting date. We were wet. We had a few windows to plant, you know, late April, early May, where, you know, these guys can get a lot done in two or three days. So the actual percentage of planted was higher than I thought earlier. But that also lends itself to, he was talking about thrips pressure. That cotton sat there for three weeks or so, wasn't really growing and with this heat and We've seen a lot of applications go out. Part of that, I think, is that's the only cotton that's out there and the thrips are attracted to it. And then the on-farm trials, we've run into some trouble. We've lost a couple of those just due to the nature of everybody trying to get everything planted because it's go time. It's been a struggle, but at the same time, we got a lot of cotton planted this week. I would say the Delta, if they're not 100%, they're close. The hills have caught up a lot. I'd say by Friday, I mean, there's always a few people still left to plant for whatever reason, but I think we're going to be real close come this Friday. So, Bill, moving to Arkansas, have you had a similar experience? Yeah, same song, second verse. Just like Brian was saying, we had our real early cotton, which was we had a little bit of cotton planted in April in the first few days in May. That cotton, we kind of hit a spell to where that cotton came up good. It grew off good. and some of the consultants and growers I visit with talk like that they can't remember cotton planted at time of the year that it grew off so good. It looked really good. Then, you know, when we got into, you know, toward the end of that first week of May, you know, around 6th and 7th, the weather started turning south. You know, I had a variety test that we planted on May the 7th, and we had to work hard to get 20 heat units at five days after planting. We had two days with zero and another day with like one or three or something like that. So it was pretty tough on it. When we planted cotton where moisture was good and temperatures were good, man, it jumped out of the ground good. But when we put it under that cold temperatures, we had cotton with good germ, but just our vigor wasn't quite there. You know, I tell people vigor is kind of like the gas in the gas tank. And some of it just didn't have a lot of gas in the gas tank. And so it took a little more time for it to come up. Some of that struggled a little bit. And that's kind of what we're seeing some of our herbicide injury and the thrips are there. You know, I talked to Gus Lorenz and they're really excited about that thrive on technology from what they're seeing, but the thrips are there and that cotton, it's just kind of struggling, not growing off so fast. It's going to run out of chemistry before it gets far enough along that it can outgrow the thrips. But, you know, just like Brian and Matt said, the last two weekends here in Arkansas, man, we planted a lot of cotton. We had really good days the last two Saturdays and Sundays, and then we had some days in between. But we were way behind the five-year average going pretty much all the way through the season. We were trailing a little bit behind last year. Last year was our second highest yield average the year before that. Both of them, when we got to the middle of May, we were on about half planted. So there's still some optimism on yield potentials. But man, we are late. When we got into May the 17th on that report, we were just barely half planted. So we got a ton of cotton planted really late. But the last little bit, you know, talk to Fred, everybody I talk to the stuff we're planting now, just really popping out. But it's supposed to rain Thursday night and Friday morning, and most of us are ready for rain. There's a ton of farming went on this last weekend, not just in the cotton field, but in the rice field with fertilizer going out. Man, everybody was just running as fast and hard as they could for the number of people that we had 
we had everything running that we had people to drive. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, it sounds like it's been a real challenge, but I'm you know, glad to hear at least across the three of y'all, you know, you've had some good conditions. And I just checked my map and it looks like I'm going to successfully move south to north if we end with Tyson in Tennessee. So we'll go to that northern end of the Mid-South. And Tyson, what have you experienced? It is the same. The one difference I would say, Tennessee did not get that early window at all. I knew of only a couple hundred acres that were planted before the 13th of May. And I'll tell you, I was talking to people that 9th, 10th, 11th. We were looking at the end of that week, expecting maybe a little window before it rained. We had a good chance of rain from the 17th on through the 21st. And I was really concerned that we weren't even going to get much over 100,000 acres of cotton planted in Tennessee. The rain chances fell out from the 17th through the 21st. And I think in about three days, we went from 2% planted to about 35% planted. And then another three or four days after that, we were pretty close to 75% planted. I mean, it was incredible in about a week time frame. And I think, Brian, you mentioned this earlier, we can cover a lot of ground. The worst part right now is if you're spraying those acres or trying to stay ahead of that planter from a fertilizer standpoint, it's rather difficult, and if not impossible. So we've got, I'd say, just about everything now planted. What's not planted, most of those guys have had an opportunity to get it in before today and had to do something else or you know something didn't work out but i think we're going to be over that quarter million mark and again two weeks ago today if you told me we today have as much in the ground as we currently have i wouldn't believe you it's been pretty incredible matt mentioned those 45 degree temperatures and bill to your point pretty impressive how some of this earliest planted cotton jumped out of the ground i snuck in a little bit of cotton i guess it was the 30th of April. Had it not been for about four inches of rain, it crusted us up in some spots. That cotton suffered through those zero heat unit accumulation days just fine. I was really impressed with some of the seedling vigor that we've observed and ability to tolerate those 45 degree temperatures. But for us, that cold coupled with just excessive rain, it prevented any significant cotton acres to be planted in the first two weeks of May. But yeah, it's been an extremely challenging and interesting spring. So I'm curious, and we halfway prepped for these episodes, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, but now that y'all have all mentioned either delayed planting or, you know, Matt, you mentioned folks switching the soybeans. If you had a number going into this season of your planted acres, how much has that changed now, given the conditions y'all have had through the majority of the month of May? Kind of an unfair question because I didn't give you any kind of a heads up, but just curious if you've got an estimate in mind or a number in mind, you know, Tyson, start with you. Where would you put that? You know, I think we've in Tennessee probably slid somewhere between 50 and 75,000 acres from where we would be. I think a lot of that is market. I think some of that is window. I have been surprised to hear a few guys recently say, well, you know, I ended up planting a little more cotton than I thought I was going to just because. When the window did open, it looked really good. I think a lot of my guys have considered and have made a decision to switch to soybeans. I still think we'll be around the 275,000 acre mark for Tennessee, but not quite what we expected to have. And we'll see. We may break 300,000. You know, at this point, the dust hadn't quite settled, but we'll see. Brian, what about for you? It's similar. We had a loss prior to planting. 
our first estimate was 520,000 acres, which was 5% less than 2020. And then prior to planting, late March, mid-April, we had a report that it was at 500,000. We're starting to get to our core acres at that point where we're going to have our cotton growers that are planting. But I do know that, like you said, I know some acres slip just due to the uncertainty with planting date and, you know, insurance reasons and market prices for beans. It's kind of hard to guess exactly how many acres those are, but it's probably in the ballpark of what you said. I don't think it would exceed 100,000 acres. I could be wrong, but I think it'd be 50, 75. That's a ballpark. I think we definitely would have lost some just due to the conditions. Bill, same question to you. You have a number or a percentage? Yeah, we've been visiting with some folks on this. I think our planning intentions were around 495,000 acres. You know, $14 beans are pretty sexy, hard to pass up on. But, you know, we got people that farm in the ground that the landlords are pretty set on having cotton on. And so a lot of people are still kind of locked in on this. But seeing as, you know, where we are now, I'm just really surprised is I think we're probably pretty close to 90% planted right now. We've covered a lot of ground here in the last few days, but I feel like we're probably going to be down probably in the neighborhood about 12% from last year on our planted acres. Matt, you know, you kind of mentioned this to begin with. What are your thoughts on, you know, if you've got a number, if you've got a percentage in mind, you know, what are you thinking? You know, Seth, our planning intentions weren't that high this year to start with. They were about 29% down compared to last year. I think the report put it out of 120,000 acres. Just my gut feeling, we may be dropping around that 100,000 acre mark or below, just from talking with consultants, different industry reps. You know, around that 100,000 is where I'm putting our acres. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, it's nice to have options, right? I mean, a lot of places I work, if you're not planting cotton, you're just planting late cotton. So at least there's some options somewhere, and it's $14 beans. That sounds pretty good. So, you know, moving from our planting issues or early season issues, y'all have all mentioned at some point herbicide injury or thrips injury or a combination of the two. I'm sure there's some other things that have gone on as wet as it's been. So looking ahead, you know, what's your outlook? And I know it's a mile away, but from here, you know, short-term outlook based on what you've seen so far, you know, what are you thinking and what things do you think folks may need to be considering doing based on the issues you've experienced up to this point? Bill, we'll start with you. You know, we got to watch for thrips because we cannot afford to give up days on the front end that we can't get back. And so the thrips are there, especially on some of this cotton that didn't have quite as much gas in its gas tank to maybe grow a little bit slower. We can't afford to give up any days on thrips. And then the next thing, I know Tyson and Brian have talked about this before, and I know it's on Matt's shopping list too, but we can't go crazy on our nitrogen we got to be smart on our nitrogen. And we've got some people, our peanut acres are expanding. Folks I visit with look like, you know, we need to cut our nitrogen rate back about 25% on that. And a lot of times in those situations, we're growing a variety, you know, like next gen 4936 fits so good behind peanuts because it doesn't get very tall. It's very responsive to picks and it's a good yielder. I think most people have shifted to three gene BT cotton. I think the two gene days are getting pretty numbered. Putting two to three application diamides on your cotton to control words, you just cannot come out on that, especially those guys that made three applications. But, you know, staying on top of things with our plant growth regulators, watching our nitrogen, being timely on our irrigation, and expecting to see cotton plants that 
look tired at the end of a long, hard race. There's so many years our plants are green and lush at cutout and look like they're ready to start the race and not finish in race. But we've got to get our pickers in the field so we can get this cotton out. We can't afford to give up days. So there's several things that we got to watch out for. It's kind of a systems approach. And some of this on our aggressive rise, we plant them too thick. We got one bullet hole on our foot to start with. It's a season-long system approach. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, a lot of our discussion, I guess a month ago now, on planting considerations, it's all coming through now and looking back at a lot of that conversation. So Matt, how about you? You know, things you're on the outlook for or things to consider moving forward? You know, I agree with Bill. Growers need to fine-tune their management practices. You know, you can't manage this cotton that's planted later in June quite like you can that earlier planted stuff, you know. From years' experience, you know, in the past dealing with cotton, I've noticed when you plant in June, you got all those heat units and that crop just comes out of the ground and it just seems like it grows off so fast. You just got to be very timely with your management practices and fine-tuning those. And, you know, like Bill said, you know, you can't afford to lose any days that you lost on the front end. So, you know, managing your thrips, nitrogen rates, you just don't want to do anything that will delay that maturity of that plant. Because in Louisiana, we could get a hurricane. It's been pretty common. So consider all those options. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Good points. Brian, how about you? You know, it's the same story. I've been telling my guys anything to do to avoid delaying maturity. Exactly what y'all said from a nitrogen standpoint, PGR. I guess I'll say it just a different way, but, you know, there's a lot of 3-gene cotton going out, and there's not a lot of data on these in the grower's hands as far as just their growth pattern, growth habit, responsiveness. I mean, just kind of trying to be familiar with the varieties you have and be intentional with your applications. You know, try to be real timely with your nitrogen. Like you say, we don't want to be greener longer than we have to from a late season standpoint. Seth, I don't think you can let Bill lead off in any of these things because he's going to cover all the points very efficiently, and then we won't have anything to say. Bill nailed it. And for us, anything that we can do to make sure that that first fruiting branch is at node five, or six. And just like Bill said, you put a whole bunch of nitrogen down that you don't need. You stack a whole bunch of plants in that field more than you need to have there. And all of a sudden we start seeing that first fruit and branch move up. You let plant bugs tote away that first fruiting position. I'm really watching thresholds when we get into that squaring and flowering window and make sure that we don't have any lost first position fruit. Because should we get into that cool fall here in Tennessee, we're going to see a reduction in yield with a May 22nd, May 23rd plant date. So basically exactly what Bill said. Well, thanks, Bill, for being so thorough. <laughs> we appreciate it. Well, hey, guys, now you know why I bring Bill over to Oklahoma. He'll give my growers a better Oklahoma update than I can. So thanks for that. Thanks for all y'all for joining. It's been such an interesting year already. We want to kind of get an idea of how it was going down there. And glad to hear that, you know, things are starting to look a little bit better in a lot of places. I want to thank Cotton Incorporated for sponsoring Cotton Specialist Corner. I want to thank Keith Edmiston for doing our music. I want to thank Grow Plant Health Exchange for a lot of their work they've done on the podcast as well. And thank you all for listening.